Hey there, Sports History fan. Arnie Chapman here from the Sports History Network. Now, before you jump into this episode, I wanted to share with you an exciting giveaway we have going on with Homefield Apparel. We have a digital $50 gift card to homefieldapparel.com for one lucky fan of the Sports History Network. All you got to do is head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways to sign up. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways. My heart dropped as I watched David Thompson play basketball and suddenly get injured. I mean, in a serious way. The medical staff had to come out and attend to him. He was unable to walk off under his own power. He had to be taken off on a stretcher. It was just awful. I never enjoy watching a player suffer an injury, especially like that where the player needs to be carried off the court. And then it happened again in the same game. This time, Norm Nixon went down. Again, the medical staff had to come out and attend to him. Now, this was getting ridiculous. Players were going down all over the place. And this game was so much fun to watch. At the same time, it was terrible to watch because so many players were getting injured. The game was full of Hall of Famers, all of them together on one court. But maybe this was not the game that the public needed. The game that I was watching was an annual showcase game held during NBA All-Star Weekend and was commonly known as the Old Timers game. Now this is the story of the NBA Schick Legends Classic. And this is Basketball History 101. This is Basketball History 101 with Rick Loiza. Welcome back to award-winning Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network. I am your host, Rick Loiza, and this is a podcast where we bring to life some of the forgotten stories from basketball history. We are bringing old-school basketball to a new-school audience. And today, we bring you the story of the NBA Schick Legends Classic. The NBA had done a couple of old-timers games in the past. They did one in 1957 and another one in 1964. But the ones in the 1980s were meant to be a permanent annual game that would feature some of the greatest NBA stars from the past. All of the players had to be officially retired in order to participate in the game. The whole thing came about in 1984 when the NBA decided to expand the All-Star Game into All-Star Weekend. The commissioner at the time, David Stern, wanted to expand the entire thing into a weekend-long celebration of basketball played by the best players in the world. The whole idea was a marketing bonanza. It greatly increased the profile of the NBA and led to increased viewership, sponsorship, ticket sales, and most importantly, revenue. And not just for All-Star Weekend, but for the entire season. Prior to 1984, the NBA All-Star Game was just the All-Star Game on a Sunday night and nothing more. Now, there is nothing wrong with that, of course. I always love watching the All-Star Game. To see all of the best players from around the league on one court at the same time was an absolute treat for anyone who was obsessed with basketball like I am. Back in the 1980s, the games were played for real. With less player movement back then, most players played with their team for most if not all of their careers. There really was a beef between the guys from the Western Conference and the guys from the Eastern Conference. They really wanted to beat each other badly. The games could be quite intense. So when the NBA decided to expand the event into an entire weekend, they had to come up with more events to give the fans something to watch. On Friday night, they had big-name artists perform along with formal introduction of that year's All-Stars. Then on Saturday night, they put together an entire evening of events that they dubbed All-Star Saturday Night. 
It would include a three-point contest as the second act of the night that featured some of the best long-range snipers in the league like Larry Bird, Craig Hodges, Dale Ellis, and Reggie Miller. It was then capped off with a dunk contest featuring some of the highest flyers in the NBA like Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins, Larry Nance Sr., Kenny Skywalker, and the little man Spud Webb. But to start things off on Saturday night was the Schick Legends Classic. Of course, every event of the night had to have a sponsor because this is part of how the NBA makes money. The company that sponsored the Legends Classic was the Schick Razor Company, thus the name the NBA Schick Legends Classic. The format for the game was pretty straightforward. It was all of these retired NBA players, many of whom were Hall of Famers. They were then divided into two teams to play a 24-minute game, just six minutes per quarter. Over the years, you had guys like John Havlicek, Oscar Robertson, Dave Cowens, Pistol Pete Maravich, Rick Barry, Bob Lanier, George Gervin, and even some players from as far back as the 1950s like Bob Davies and Dolph Shays. It really was a wide range of ages and fitness levels in this game. Some of these retired players were still in their late 30s and in relatively good shape, while other guys were in their late 50s or even their early 60s. But it was still so much fun to see these guys out there trying to relive the glory from days past. I was just a kid when the Legends game was being played in the 1980s, so for me it was awesome to be able to see some of these players from before my time. Guys like Robertson and Havlicek were guys that I had heard of, of course, but had never seen play before. Now remember, the internet did not exist yet, as we know it, so there was no way for me to go see the old highlights. While these players were all retired for a reason and could no longer play like the younger versions of themselves, it was still fun to see them perform. Even as retired players, you could still see a little bit of that old magic that each of these guys had. The whole idea of this game was to celebrate these older players who had set the foundation for the current players of the 1980s, and I completely ate it up. Well, this is a good place to take a break, and I'll be right back with why the game was canceled by the NBA. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. At the Sports History Network, we're all about sports yesteryear, and so we're so pleased to introduce you to Row One, an online memorabilia gallery and shop that brings your sports history to life anywhere. The Row One Gallery includes over 5,200 gorgeously reproduced prints of team posters, game program covers, game tickets, advertisements, and more in baseball, pro and college football, pro and college basketball, and more. And any gallery item may be printed in a variety of sizes on wood, metal, canvas, acrylic, or poster paper. And in Row One Shop, check out the thousands more of you unique items with a retro and historical designs dating back to 1876 including t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, phone cases, mugs, blankets, pillows, towels, and even shower curtains. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com, ROW number one, for access to the full Row One catalog and for gallery prints and gift items, plus get a 15% discount off all prints on the Row One Pictorum Gallery with coupon code SHN15. Follow the link on the show notes. Hi, everybody. Dan and Andrew from Hello Old Sports here. We wanted to drop in and let you know about our latest episode. That's right. We interviewed the co-authors of Phyllis George, Shattering the Ceiling, a biography of groundbreaking broadcaster Phyllis George. And her life is really sort of a journey through 20th century America, from Miss America pageants to the Kentucky State House to the groundbreaking NFL Today show on CBS, even the Kentucky Colonels, the old ABA. We got into all sorts of stories about the Celtics under Red Auerbach, about the interview with Roger Staubach, about 
really all sorts of things, a fight between Brent Musburger and Jimmy the Greek. We really enjoyed talking with Lenny Shulman and Paul Volponi, who teamed up to write this book. The book is on sale right now, wherever books are sold, you know, within reason, garage sales, probably not. So go (laughs) ahead and pick up a copy today. And if you want a chance to win the book, you can go to sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways and register for a chance to win. Goodbye, old sports. Welcome back to the show, and let us continue with the story of the Schick Legends Classic. Each year as the game started, it was all just fun and games. The players were really enjoying being back on an NBA court and hearing the cheers from the crowd. They were smiling and laughing as they made their way up and down the court. There were high fives and slaps on the backside, even from opposing players. However, as the game got into the fourth quarter, it became more real. The smiles disappeared and the joking had ceased. The old competitive nature kicked in for everybody. Remember that anybody who has ever played in the NBA is, by definition, an extremely competitive person. In any given year, there are thousands and thousands of players who desperately want to make an NBA roster, but only few ever actually get to play in it. Over the 77-year history of the NBA, less than 5,000 players have ever played in an NBA game. Every year, the players who make up the NBA had to beat out thousands who were after their roster spot. These are people who know how to compete. So even in an old-timers game, these guys wanted to win, even if it was just for bragging rights. The elbow started to swing higher near the end of the game. Old beefs between retired players were rekindled. Players began to jaw at each other. The game ceased to be a celebration near the beginning of the fourth quarter, and it became a basketball battle. Inevitably, someone would suffer a serious injury. It happened every year. I mean, before the game even started, nearly every player had practically every joint of their body taped up for protection. Most of them had knee pads, elbow pads, and miles of athletic tape dangling from their bodies like they were a bunch of mummies released from their crypt. And most of the injuries were non-contact injuries. That means that these guys got injured without anybody touching them. At the top of the episode, I talked about David Thompson and Norm Nixon getting injured in the same game. Thompson was simply driving in for a layup and he tore his patella tendon as he tried to jump off his plant foot. By the way, the patella tendon is the tendon that keeps your kneecap in place. This is a very serious, painful injury. For Nixon, it was a ruptured quadricep. He was simply taking a jump shot from the free throw line. As he jumped for the shot, he felt a snap in his leg and that was it for him. Both players had to be taken off the court on a stretcher. The leadership of the NBA had to rethink this game. There were too many stars going down, and they had to do something. It was not just this game. As I said, players suffered injuries every year that they played this game. But the injuries to Thompson and Nixon were two of the more serious injuries ever suffered in the Legends game. So, after the 1993 game, the NBA announced that it was no longer going to hold the NBA Schick Legends Classic. The game had a good 10-year run, but it was over. There were simply too many injuries. Nobody wanted to see these guys going down and gritting their teeth and writhing in pain. The NBA tried a couple of different ideas to fill the spot left open by the Legends Classic. They had tried different versions of the Skills Challenge, which is still in place today. They also created the Rising Stars Challenge in 1997 to showcase the young stars coming up into the league. It was a great way to feature the All-Stars of tomorrow. The very first Rising Stars Challenge featured players like Allen Iverson, Ray Allen, and Antoine Walker playing for the East. For the West, they had players like Kobe Bryant, Sharif Abdul-Rahim, Steve Nash, and Derek Fisher. It was great to see these young guys because they were less likely to get injured. These guys would rather get out of the way of an incoming dunker than stand there and take the charge. 
They had their future careers to think about. In any case, it was sad to see the old timers game go away. I mean, I completely understand why it had to go. I hated seeing those guys get injured as much as the NBA hated seeing those guys get injured. But like a lot of things, it was fun while it lasted. Actually, I have an idea for how to incorporate some retired players back into All-Star Weekend. I think that the NBA should partner with Ice Cube's Big 3 League and have a couple of their teams play as part of the All-Star Saturday night. It would be a great way for the Big 3 League to get some big-time exposure to millions of fans who tune in each year. In case you weren't aware, the Big 3 League is a league of half-court basketball played by mostly retired NBA players and it would be great to see that as part of the NBA in a partnership. Well, that is our trip down memory lane for today. The NBA Schick Legends Classic truly lived up to its name. It was a classic basketball game. Join us next time when we share the story of why nobody shoots the sky hook anymore. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was the first and only player ever to use that particular shot, and it has been called the most unstoppable shot in basketball. Kareem used that shot to become the NBA's all-time leading scorer for 39 years until LeBron James broke the record several weeks ago. So why does nobody shoot it when it was a proven weapon? That's next time on Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network, the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com to find out more about this and other sports history podcasts. If you like what you hear, please hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And check out our page on Facebook. It's called Basketball History 101 Podcast. There you will find shorter historical posts as well as comments and discussion starters on today's game. I'll also announce there when new episodes come out. I want to thank my producer and editor, Jacob Loiza. Join us each week as we continue to mine the history of basketball for more great stories from the past. Take care and see you soon. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. This is Mark Mortier, and if you're a sports history fan like me, tune in and hear me talk about some great sports moments of the past. Growing up during the 1970s, I got to watch some of the most iconic moments in sports history. Hank Aaron breaking Babe Ruth's home run record. Willis Reed limping out of the locker room in Game 7 of the NBA Finals at Madison Square Garden as the fans erupted with a thunderous ovation. The 1980 Miracle on Ice as Team USA defeated the powerful Soviet Union in the Olympics. Listen every Tuesday on Yesterday's Sports. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.